welcome to another episode of the Sustainability Issue Podcast, a podcast about sustainable fashion and mindfulness. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you so much being here. And for today's episode, I actually had another topic on the table, but there's been one major issue shaking up the whole world in the past few weeks, and this is racism. And while not being an expert, there's, I think, only one wrong thing to do in this whole situation, and that is not say anything at all. And so let us dive right into the episode. And as usual, I'm starting the episode with a quote that I find really meaningful. And today it is by Maya Angelou, and it is the following. Do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, you do better. On the 25th of May 2020, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, George Floyd, an African-American man, was brutally murdered by a white police officer in the light of day. The whole thing has been recorded on camera for the whole world to witness. And this triggered protests for the Black Lives Matter movement across the whole world. In this podcast episode, I'm going to address four questions. First of all, why Black Lives Matter is the right phrase to use. Second, why now? What does this have to do with the fashion industry? And what can I do? And so why Black Lives Matter? Don't all lives matter, you might be asking. I was recently listening to a talk by Brene Brown. She is a multiple number one New York Times bestselling author and professor at the University of Houston. And she was talking about the topic of racism. And something super interesting that she said was, if we own our story, we get to write the ending. And if we don't own our story, the story owns us. And very oftentimes, owning our story might be actually a super painful thing, but still it's not as painful as not getting to write the ending. And owning the story of whatever is going on in the world, making ourselves vulnerable, gives us the chance to pick up the pen and write the ending. And acknowledging what our story actually is, is where healing begins. And if we take this for a fact that if we own our story, we get to write the ending, well, the story that with our societies around the world and especially in Europe and the US are built around white supremacy and the idea and there's the notion deeply embedded in our society and in our systems that the white race is the normal race. And the thing is that very often we think that the moment we that if we don't acknowledge something and we just um, 
act as if it doesn't exist and we don't see color for example we say um, that it's just going to be fine but that's not the truth because only at the moment we really see and acknowledge a problem we can actively start working towards its solution and towards dismantling that and so this is why black lives matter is not about one racial group mattering more than another it is about paying attention to one racial group that's been systematically oppressed enslaved and dehumanized in for hundreds of years in history that's quite recent and making sure this uh, racial group gets equal representation throughout all levels of our society and so let's talk about why now did racism just get really bad um will smith famously said racism didn't get worse it's just been recorded and i think this is exactly what is happening because um racial profiling and police brutality is nothing new either in europe nor in the us but seeing it like that triggered an immediate response but that's not all more than one third of the coronavirus infected patients and that toll in the united states is represented by black people why they well they only represent 14% of the US population the coronavirus has in this way exposed long standing and pervasive inequalities in america's healthcare and labor systems including that african americans more often live in areas underserved by the healthcare system what is more the US is in an economic crisis more than 20 million people have lost their jobs and black people do make up the majority of frontline workers and so this shows that the death of george floyd didn't just cause this whole movement to escalate but it just made us turn our heads around and see where our systems and our societies are failing and what we can do and what we immediately need to do better to make sure we leave this world better and more equal than we found it because as the saying that i really like goes the best moment to plant a tree was a year ago and the second best is now so what does this all have to do with the fashion industry probably we've all heard at one point or another that the fast fashion industry production is modern day slavery but let's have a closer look to it, into it slavery was abolished throughout the world in the 19th century 1819 in portugal 1833 in britain and in 1865 um in the US the 13th amendment of the constitution of the united states abolished slavery in 1865 however the amendment includes an exception and that allows the government to use servitude as punishment for a crime 
population has been constantly on the rise. The US population amounts for 5% of the world's population, but 25% of the world's prisoners. This is currently 2.3 million people in prison, and it's the highest rate of incarceration per capita in the world. Currently, 73% of those are people of color and 38% are black people. According to research, it is believed that about 600,000 are innocent of the crimes they're accused of and the majority is awaiting trial. And where I'm going with this is that the private correctional facilities industry in the US is actually a very profitable uh, nearly five billion dollar industry and some of the largest companies in the US are profiting from this cheap labor including Walmart, Starbucks, Victoria's Secret, American Airlines as of 2019 and the list goes on. And if you want to learn more about that topic, um, the 13th Amendment on Netflix is a great place to start. And now having a look at Asia and the Middle East, where most of our clothing in the world is actually produced, the situation is not much different. From currently 74 million textile workers in the world, Around 80% are women of color. The fast fashion industry has been reliant on the exploitation of garment workers since its very conception. Brands have simply created a production model that maximizes profits while keeping garment workers poor and working in unsafe conditions. Some of the practices of fast fashion brands include allowing illegal subcontracts and forced and unpaid overtime. Economic exploitation that the fast fashion industry is reliant upon definitely reminds of colonialism and these legacies continue to this day. The continuing demand by Western consumers for those cheap clothes is what is able to keep those brands up and running. And currently, with the global COVID-19 pandemic, this has hit the garment production industry really, really hard. In many countries, such as Bangladesh and Cambodia, brands are refusing to pay up billions of euros worth of orders they had already placed before the pandemic with suppliers. This means that manufacturers um, have purchased parts of material that they have nothing to do with now and that they're unable to pay their workers. Hundreds of thousands of garment workers um, are currently losing their jobs because brands refuse to pay up. And brands that um, have not agreed to pay up garment workers due to the light or cancelled orders include Topshop, CNA, Primark, Anthropology, Urban Outfitters, Free People, Old Navy, Walmart, and the list goes on. 
Another racial issue that the fashion industry is facing is the issue of cultural appropriation. The definition of cultural appropriation is when a dominant culture takes things from another culture that is experiencing or has experienced oppression in the past, profits from them, and um, in this way reinforces the power imbalance between the two groups without giving any proper credit to the original culture. Some examples of this are Gucci's decision to feature models wearing turban-style headwear during their 2018-2019 show at Milan Fashion Week. Another example is a um, Marc Jacobs show in 2016, where the designer um, styled white models in dreadlocks. And this is not to say that fashion designers cannot be inspired by foreign cultures, but a representation of those cultures is needed when doing that. And that, combined with, with scandals such as sustainable LA brand Reformation's recent acquisition of systematic racism in the workplace, shows that people of color need equal representation, not just in media, but also at board level, across management levels, and in the creative spaces, for us to be able to work towards a fair and sustainable fashion system. And there we come to the last question, what can I do? And it's so interesting, especially if you're a white person listening to this podcast, because I definitely took my time in the last few weeks to read and to educate myself. And when I think about racism, one thing's come to mind, and it is the word racist itself. Sometimes it seems that we have that we're more afraid of being called the word than of actually contributing to racism itself and seeing it and allowing it to exist. And the truth is, wherever we are born and whatever color of the skin we have, we are all born into um, society and we're all born and raised with prejudice. And if we look at racism as a scale, we are all somewhere on that scale. And so there's no real way to be a non-racist. There's only one way, and that is to constantly be working towards being anti-racist. And so coming to the quote from the beginning of this episode by Maya Angelou, do the best you can until you know better. And when you know better, do better. I think this is so inspiring because um, it is so important to be okay with the place where we're at right now and being okay with just working from there and starting there and realizing our imperfection but also realizing our privilege because the... um, access we have today to information and the power we have through social media and the chance to use our voice has never been more than it is now and i really believe we have 
the power and we have the responsibility to use this voice, drive change and to contribute to a more equal society. I'm linking a bunch of resources in the show notes, including things to listen to on Spotify, a bunch of movies that I watched or I'm about to watch and books to start with. But also let us have a conversation, something as simple as a conversation with a friend or with a relative about racism can change so much. And next time before going out and buying something, let us um, ask the brand a few questions first and do a little research before we vote with our money for this brand to continue doing business as usual. I'm also linking the pay up movement page where you can sign um, for forcing brands to pay up for cancelled orders due to the COVID-19 pandemic and let us diversify our feeds as well. I did that in the last few weeks and I'm really enjoying that. In a recent commencement speech Beyonce said Your compassion, your fight for others who are different is beautiful. And in the end, I believe optimism is a muscle and I've certainly been training myself to find the positive in every single situation. And I really believe that whatever happens um, is here to teach us something and make us better humans afterwards. And the current Black Lives Movement surely is. So that's gonna be it for today. I thank you so much for being here and appreciate it so much. And talk to you next time.